eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. And as promised, we have with us guest Bo Morgan, executive producer of Falcons Radio Network and host of Peachtree Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. How you doing, Bo? It's Good, uh, guys. How are y'all? Good. As you mentioned before we came on, it's cold and I am suffering, but you'll get to witness this uh, this weekend. So, uh, you know, you, 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 you've got it on tap. You know, Atlanta's coming to town. Suddenly we get, we're getting tornadoes here. Well, that never happens. <laughs> tornadoes and a cold snap. Atlanta's coming. It's always funky when we go down. There's always something going on, but you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to start off like this, but I guess I will. You know, it, it, I, I do like, I do like Bourbon Street better when it's a little bit chilly, because when it's warm outside, it could be a little rough on the nose. Yes, yes. When the when that the water that's not water gets baking in the sun, um, it's not good for anybody. So yeah, I I can appreciate that. You got booze, excrement, and who knows what else? Blood, Just bad stuff. Just bad stuff. Yeah. We were down there. What was it? I think it was. Um, Geez, it might have been 13. It might it was a long time ago. Uh we opened the season against you guys and we get down there and uh we're staying down downtown cuz you know sometimes you stay at the airport. We were staying downtown that year and our sideline reporter and me went to we went out to dinner and we found a restaurant on Bourbon Street and they had an upstairs and they had an opened outside seating. We walked out to sit outside and I was like, "Nah, dude, I ain't doing this. We got to sit inside." <laughs> <laughs> this smell is too bad because it's September down there. It's still it's still summer, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I rarely go to Bourbon Street, but I was actually out there a couple days ago because I had friends in town. That's really like when you live here, you really just can't go to Bourbon Street unless you have someone from out of town. Otherwise, you just you're, you have a problem. <laughs> but yeah, I was down there. It's a good time. Still, still, still doing stuff. One of the thing that I thought was funny is people started putting up stickers with QR codes that say "So and So's getting married. Send him, send him a drink." But it was like that's he's probably divorced by now. Like it's probably been up there for so long. Uh, I wonder if he's still getting like Venmo, uh, Venmo five dollars. Anyway, that's a good idea. I might, uh, I might do that. I might make some stickers real quick. Yeah, supplement your income. <laughs> I love it. 
It's a good All idea. Right. So I do want to get this out of my system first, and I don't want this to be a completely trolling podcast, although it might be better to do that than actually talk about the state of these two football teams. Um, but I will say my favorite troll of all time between the Saints and the Falcons was, if you remember when they blew up the Georgia Dome. Yes. Okay. And yep. so you remember the bus that parked in front of the live the live feed? Yeah, the Marta bus. So Atlanta. <laughs> so the next time the Falcons were in the Superdome, they were doing the player introductions. And so they showed him running out onto the field on the on the bit in the scoreboard. And they had a bus coming like park in front of him so you couldn't see it. <laughs> and it was the best throw of all time. I, I still think about it and laugh. Um, it's just the pettiness in this rivalry is one of the best parts of it, in my opinion. I always enjoy it. It's it's fun. Even when the teams are bad, it's fun. I can't remember what year it was because I've uh, I've traveled with the team since 12. But we were down there one year. And we've got a, a – he now works for the Atlanta United. He's kind of runs their digital department. But he used to run the Falcons digital. So he's a, you know, AMB group, you know, kind of let heritage guy. He's worked there for years. And his name's Matt Moore. You guys had some kind of flag or something on the field. And obviously it said Saints on it, but it, for some reason it had been folded to where it just said Aints. Yeah. And so he takes the picture, tweets it out from the social and everything. And so that picture is still circulating between Falcons fans. So whenever we play the Saints, it's like that picture gets posted. It's Aints. And I mean, personally, because we don't, they don't, as much as you guys give us crap on your big, and you know, <laughs> the, the scoreboard and everything, and, and, and you rolled out, some kind of dancers one year or something on the field. That's the one for me that always – I always go back for us because we don't do that for some reason. And, I mean, I like – again, I don't I, – I, I'm with you. I don't want to make this, uh, you know, just tit for tat. But I like to think we're a classy organization and you guys, you know, are the Yanks. And so but we don't do it for some reason. And honestly, I'd like a little more of it on our end, but I also understand it. I just think the passion of – the fan base here is pretty nutsical and sometimes in the craziest of ways, but yeah, Petty was the, the perfect way to put it. And I think that even grew more with Sean Payton around, obviously that pettiness. Oh, he, well, he, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how much I love Sean Payton. Cause I despise the man as a coach, but he embraced, he embraced the, 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 the rivalry and absolutely. And yeah, the, the choke thing to Devontae, and by the way, we won that game. But right. you know, the, the, all those things, you know, it, it's great. And I get, I've been to. There's only one stadium I got to check off, other than the new Allegiant Field in in, in Vegas, because we, you know, none of none of us had a chance to do that yet. But I went to all the other stadiums, even Oakland, Alameda Coliseum. Like, and then I've been asked multiple times, what's the what's the what stadium is the is the is the worst place to go play? And everybody goes, I bet it's Seattle. And I'm like, yeah, Seattle's great. Nothing is worse than the Superdome when it's when when you get that place rocking. Especially how many night games have we played against each other there? You get what 70,000 Saints fans or Cajuns or whatever you want to say about it. you know you guys get liquored up all day. And that place gets rocking, and you get Falcon Saints in there. There is not a better environment if you're a Saints player or fan, or a worse environment if you're an opposing you know team to go in there. I have always respected how you guys get it rocking and and really just take it to another level, you know. But that being said, uh, it, I also hate going there and for a, for for a number of reasons: the radio booth, the press box, uh, all right. that stuff. The locker room sucks. I mean. <laughs> Got to walk across the field to get to you 
to get up to where you got to go. But but that place, it, there's it's, there's definitely respect for what you guys uh, produce as a home field advantage. I was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the uh, SEC Championship, and it's the only oh, stadium go, right. that I've ever been to that gives you Chick-fil-A after the game <laughs> for in the press box. I'm just like, this is fantastic. I can't even get – I get we get like mystery meat up in the Saints press box. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh, I always uh, I always try to eat at the hotel before uh, we go to the, the, uh, the stadium. But, you know, hey, when we we experienced that with the, with the Georgia Dome, we had uh, – it was like it was this. It was they used to try to mix and match, and I think whenever the Saints would come, we'd get like chicken booyah, and I'm like, what the hell is chicken booyah? I mean, the people in you. I've been in New Orleans a lot. They don't eat. I've never heard of chicken booyah down there. I've never seen it on a on a on a menu. I don't know what it was awful, but Sounds now the bench, we got we got good food now. Well, I think that is that is one of the issues. Is the stadium is so old that the food service makes it a little more difficult. Where they are renovating it for the Super Bowl in a couple of years, so that should help. Anyway, this, we're not here to talk about the food offerings at the at the domes that we that we go to respectively. Even though, again, it's like, eh. so I do have a question. So this year for the Saints, it's just been this constant like, well, they suck, but so does everyone else in the NFC South. And it's like, well, if they win this week, they're all of a sudden they're right there and. And I think that's that honestly makes it more frustrating because I think every team in the NFC South should be tanking to some extent. Like every team in the NFC South should be like, you know what? We're not going to win this year. But because of everything, like the Falcons this week, it, it feels like the Saints are out of it now with the loss of the Bucks. They're 4-9. They don't have the tiebreaker. So like it, it, it does feel like the only reason they're still pushing as hard as they are is because they have no first round pick. But for the Falcons, like it very much feels like five and eight. They're right in it. Is that how it feels for that fan base as well? No, I mean, uh, I, I would say some of us, yeah, but the, but there's been a majority of the fan base that's wanted to do exactly what you just said. And well, let's just let's just get Ritter in there and see what we got. And you know what? Why are we trying to get a good draft pick? And or or why are we trying to win games and not get a good draft pick? I should say. And and that's been a that's been one of the things that's kind of bugged me about it is, you know. I get the fans' perspective about well, let's get a good draft pick. I don't give a damn about a draft pick. I want to win games. You know, I'm I'm invested, and I, I would like to think a lot of the fans that pay money to go see the team want to win games. The I think the problem for Falcons fans, though, to, to answer the question is they none of them wanted to see Mariota. Everybody fell in love with that. Well, we got a draft pick. It's third round. He's Russell Wilson, the next one, the Seattle version, not the Denver version, and. uh <laughs> So that's where the mindset's been that we really want to, we really want this guy. We want to see him. And the, the coach told you all year, as long as the quarterback is giving us a chance to win games, which he has to an extent all year, and we're in this, we're not making a change. And the Steelers game was the first game where he really was the difference in a negative way to an extent. And so you made the change. So now everyone's kind of excited again to see what what we're going to get and what's going to happen. But it does for some of us there is a chance. I mean, I have told you guys you got to win you got you need to win four straight, but you win 3 or 4 and you win the right three all conference games yeah. and you get teams to lose, you know, like Tampa's got to what Cincinnati I think this week. I don't know if they're I don't that that seems like Cincinnati for me to win that. And Carolina uh I want to say they've got a tough game too. So things could line up where you really could backdoor into this thing at eight and nine or seven and ten, but uh, but a lot has to happen. And I think most of the fans have been ready to move on, 
just because they wanted to see Ritter more than anything. You know, the wild thing is if it wasn't for that missed extra point from the Panthers against y'all, they would be they would be winning this division right now. Yeah, well, I would even go back and blame it on DJ Moore yes. for acting like a, a selfish a selfish player and taking his helmet off and celebrating uh, a busted coverage where your quarterback just threw it on a dime and you just ran through the, you know, you ran it. I mean, it was, it was good on that. Good on all of them, but DJ Moore is really to me to blame for that. That game was so weird too. That was one of those, that was a Halloween weekend game and it, it really acted like it. This Falcons team somehow caused the 49ers to start uh, they're, they're only two games stumble of the season. How the heck did the Falcons pull out a win over this beast that we saw torch Tampa Bay? And just recently, you know, the saints went out to San Fran and got shut out. Well, look, we got, we did get, have some luck there and we got kind of a, a bruised up San Francisco team. Bosa was out in that game. <clears throat> they had some injuries, but honestly, the formula for the Falcons early in the season, what helped them stay in games and they've been in every game but the Cincy game, but helped them really win games was let's play ball control, let's run the ball, let's kind of take possessions away from the opposing team, and it really helped them stay in games and win games. And they they were they dominated uh, the running game, and they got they got a they got a turnover as well. I think they went up fourteen nothing in that game, and one of those was a San Francisco turned the ball over. Uh, the Niners have since gotten healthy. They've gotten, uh, they've added weapons, and they've gotten some of their, their their good defensive players back. So it was kind of timing and just playing. You played to your strengths, is what the Falcons have done all year is played to their strengths, and that really helped them. And it's a it's a it's a big it's the the best win right now that we have uh we have on the uh, on the schedule. That's the best one, and I don't know if any win will top it, other than maybe you know beating Tampa for the division on in January but other than that it it just they just they were able to play their game and keep the ball away and take advantage of kind of a banged up defense so yeah one of the reasons I haven't really been feeling the need to go too deep into the the players involved because we've already seen this team once this year so you know I feel like this decent familiarity but I think one good way to approach it is so what you know if you can pick you know one thing on offense and defense of like okay what's different other than Desmond Ritter, he's exempted because we already know about that. What's changed? You know, what's different from week one to week 15 on this Falcons team that, you know, we're going to see this weekend? Well, I went back and I was looking and I was doing some prep uh, just for the game and, and for Peachtree football. And when we played in week one, Tyler Algier wasn't a factor. Um, Caleb Huntley was on the practice squad. And your, your running backs were Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams. Damian Williams got two carries. Remember, he got hurt on like the first mm-hmm. carry of the game. Never played again for the team. Went on the IR the next week, and he's since been released. But CP had 22 carries for 120 yards. And while I think he needs to be involved more, I don't think you'll see him get 22 carries. I think you're going to, you know, hopefully he's going to be an X factor, but not only in the run game, but the passing game as well. So I would tell you that the running game is better now, even though they ran uh, for, I think, like 140 or something yards. The running game is actually better because you have a three-headed monster now. So offensively, and, and you know, you could – I could say the absence of Kyle Pitts, but to me it's the, the strength of the running game 
and the fact that you have three guys that you can depend on. And so CP won't just get it 20, 25 times like he did in week one. You know, the for defense, the the, the defense has been better at bend, don't break uh, down the stretch here. But the problem for me is the defense has also been gashed in the running game. Going into the Steelers game, and I haven't pulled the exact numbers, but going into the Steelers game, they had the last three games they had played, they were giving up 189 yards on the ground, which is just wow. – that's just a huge number. I think they gave up that game somewhere around 160 or 150. So the defense's inability to stop the run – has been uh has been a has, has been a negative thing because it's shortened games, but I'd like to think this defense is a you know they played well against they got four sacks against Jameis in Week One, and so I I would I hate to say this but I think you can go positive and hey this defense has been really good at bending and not breaking over the last month of the season, but to me a lot of that's been on limited possessions and and uh, the fact that. The Falcons play a, a game that limits possessions, and teams have kind of flipped that on them. So the inability to stop the run has been a big deal for me, and I hope that that's something that they can fix. But I'll go positive because, you know, that's what we want to do. The bend but not break of the defense has really helped this team stay in games. This is a Saints podcast. You can go negative. We won't mind. Hey, I can't, I can't, I can't go on a, a Saints podcast and be negative <laughs> against my team because – you know, there's there's hatred that I have to uphold, all right? Yes, yes, that's fair. It seems, though, there's uh, been a bunch of positive vibes with the head coach. I wonder how the fan base feels about Arthur Smith. Are they believing in what he's doing over there? And I know we're, we're big fans here of your GM, Terry Fontenot, who comes over from the Saints. Really just a stand-up guy that you see had a bright future in the NFL. Unfortunately for us, it's in Atlanta, but it's hard to root against Terry. And just just in general, what do you feel about, you know, what's been building at least in Atlanta right now? The, the hope, I guess, for for the future there. Well, I'll start with Terry because that's where you ended. Um, Terry's – what I've been so impressed about with Terry is to go find guys off, you know, the, 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 the scrap heap essentially. You yeah. know, we got a guy – Abdul Anderson – is a guy that's been in – he's 26 years old. He came out of, in 18, and he I think he went with Chicago. He's a college free agent. Guy's starting D-tackle for us, you know. And he, at times, is is it really has some big moments. So I really love the fact that Terry has been able to find these diamonds in the rough. We've got a lot of one-year guys, uh, one-year contract guys like, like Rashawn Evans um, that's been out here that's, that's played well. This is – the thing that's been uh, impressive for me about Terry and Arthur is they're working with, I think, 76 or $80 million in dead cap. And they've put a team that's in where it's December 15th, and we're talking about a divisional game that really matters for definitely us, but but both both teams to an extent. Now, a lot of that's because of the, the inability of this division to, to be produce a team that's good at all. But just that we're here – and I think that's been a lot of what has been so impressive about Arthur Smith. There's been three games in the Arthur Smith regime that have been completely unwinnable, that you've just been blown out in. And it was two last year and only one this year. Arthur has been able to take a team playing without a full deck of cards in some way, financially speaking, and he's been able to 
put an offense on the field that has helped you be competitive, whatever you think about Marcus Mariota and whatever has happened with that situation. But this team has been competitive, and they so, and everyone thought they were being sold a bill of goods when in the introductory press conference with Terry and Arthur where they said, we're not rebuilding. We don't consider this rebuilding. And all this fan base and a lot of this media was out here going, what are you talking about? He had an aging quarterback. This is before our, you know, high paid receiver was traded off for, by the way, way more than we should have gotten for him based on what he's done since he left here. Yeah. And people have kind of seen that and been impressed with it. And I, and, and, They've gotten some draft picks in here that have made some impacts. Now, you know, what would you do? They made impacts if, you know, this team had money to spend. I don't know. But the the fact that this team has been competitive and it really looks like they're building a base or a foundation, that's people like that. People think Arthur Smith is a good coach. Some people were upset they didn't go to Desmond Ritter sooner, but it's because he's been so good in te- keeping this team competitive. And it's, I think we have a really good coach, and I'm not comparing, but if you look at Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, those were really nice guys, and they they won. They, they won, no doubt about it. They didn't win enough, but they won. But they were guys that were easy to be around. You kind of big personality. Arthur has came in here, and he's very to the point, which I love. That's kind of reminds me of, my personality in some ways, according to what people tell me, but he's no nonsense, guys. He's here for football, and he doesn't – he's a football coach, and he reminds me a little bit of Sean Payton with that no-nonsense kind of attitude that he's got, whereas I thought I, – and I'm, I'm a big DQ fan. I still talk to DQ to, the, to this day, but he was uh, – you know, he's a friendly guy. He was a fun guy, and he, he knew how to – he wanted to – he would be personal, where Arthur, not saying he's not – but it's football, 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 and I I like that. I think people have been impressed with that as well. All right, so a couple a couple things going to rattle off here uh, before I, before I let you go. The first thing is, you know, when I when I saw the Falcons' kind of inexplicable commitment to Marcus Mariota, it really did remind me of the Saints' inexplicable commitment to Andy Dalton throughout the season. And I was like, you know what, this makes sense. And now they went to Desmond Ritter, and now everything is – I'm confused. I don't get it anymore. But we're still going to see Andy Dalton. Another one, Tyler Algier. All season – I even had him on my fantasy roster at one point this season. But in my head, I pronounced it Allgaier. And then I, I watched a Falcons game, and they said Algier. And I was like, wait, that's how you say it? And the reason that's funny to me is because there is a place here called Algiers – and I still was saying it the wrong way. (laughs) I told you, this is rapid fire. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jalen Dalton um, on the Falcons now. He was a player that was on the Saints last year, and I think he was going to make the roster. He actually had a really good preseason. In the final preseason game, I think he had a sack, a couple stuffs. He came up and did a press conference. Everyone's like, man, you were great. What happened? Blah, blah, blah. And the next day, he goes on injured reserve with like a torn tricep. 
and that's the end of his season. And it's like, he didn't even know. That's how tough that guy is. So I'm glad he found a home out in Atlanta. Final note, tickets as low as $26 for this game. Oh, geez. So we're going to get it. We're going to get a preseason crowd. It's going to be really liquor. You guys, boy, that, it's going to be a rowdy crowd. That's that's amazing. That See, that hurts my heart because – It's sad, isn't it? I want my stadium to be packed with red and black and ready to go when the Aints come to town. And and I expect to come down there and have and, and feel the exact same thing. Uh, you guys packed it out in, in, in a loud atmosphere. But that makes me feel good about Desmond Ritter's first start. Jalen Dalton impressed me. Um, this year in preseason, I was surprised he didn't make the roster to begin with, uh, but he he did he did find his way back here. Uh, he's he's a he's a he has moments, but he's not consistent, is what I've seen. So it, it's been fun. And, and by the way, they wanted to bring Desmond Ritter along and make sure he was ready. They were trying to win games at the same time. They weren't losing right. games because of Marcus. Um, it, it was a team effort. Now, but when the Steelers game really was an eye-opener because the, Pittsburgh brought nine guys in the box. They were playing it. Sometimes they had both safeties down. And you got to throw against those. And they gave Marcus in that first half a real opportunity to throw the ball around and find – and guys were open, and he couldn't connect. And then he you, – you start running heavy. He plays a little better in the second half. You have a chance to win the game. He throws it high to Drake London in the end zone. You don't get the P.I. call. You kick the field goal. Touchdown puts you ahead. Now it's, I think, 19-16. You get the ball back. First play, you're deep in your own possession. He forces the ball downfield in a, in a spot he shouldn't have, and Minka Fitzpatrick was sitting there and baited him. He lost you that game, mm-hmm. and that was when you, you the moment – that was when Arthur probably said – you lost the game. You didn't help us win the game. We've got now. Now it's time to move on and see. You know, let's let's see what the kid can do if he cannot lose us the game. That's the way I felt about it. As long as Marcus didn't lose games, you were gonna you, you were gonna stay with him because you were still in it. And then he said, "Oh, my knee." Yeah, that's that has been a highly uh, debated thing. What is going on? Um, it's unfortunate that that's yeah. the way his time ended here. I got to know Marcus a little bit while I was here, you know, just traveling and being around. And he was class act, uh, you know, seemed like a leader on the team. And, and, the, and the, the locker room, I think that's another thing, by the way, the locker room was always behind him. Yeah. And for it to end that way, it just doesn't feel right. It kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth. I think some of the fan base's mouth. And um, I understand a player wanting to take care of himself. You guys know this is – uh, you know, this is a league that it'll spit you out if you don't do something for them. And so I understand taking care of your body. It's just just a weird, bad look the way that went down. And uh, it's put a put a you know sour taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah, you'd like to see him just like mentor the guy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and look, I think he has to an extent yeah. um, with, you know, film sessions, behind the scenes kind of stuff. To me, if you wanted to have the surgery, I think you go in and say, "Look, my knee's banged up. I want to get it checked out. Um, I'll, 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 I'll stick around. You know, while, uh, let's do it. Maybe like the final week, going into the final week against Tampa. Maybe let's get, let's get surgery or whatever." But I also understand taking care of yourself. I just think it, 
it just looks bad, and it looks like you bailed on your team. Whether you, whether you did or not, that's not my place to say, but that's how everyone's going to judge it. And when the narrative is put out there, it's hard to knock them down. How many Zacchaeus jerseys are selling for Christmas? Well, it's Zacchaeus, I Zacchaeus. would say. And I love that kid. I love what – what like, let me tell you something. That's been a fun kid to watch. They're he's definitely got, he's got one of the best names in the NFL. Dude. He does, and let me say something. I my I got I produce an afternoon show, and I had to get onto my guys forever because it's Alama Day, yeah, which bro. I love saying the first name. Uh, and and um, we call him OZ sometimes for short, but it's a great name. And all he does is all he does is make plays. I wish we could get him the ball more, and I hope Desmond can find him where Marcus. Steve, do you have anything else? Uh, just you know, coming to the Superdome, I know the. Atlanta's actually had the the Saints number two of the last three times, which is it's a little odd that I guess you know you you switch back and forth between the Mercedes Benz Superdome, which is now Caesar Superdome, but and then you have Mercedes Benz Stadium, which is basically you know Saints fans love to say they're home away from home. <laughs> is Desmond Ritter obviously the key of this team, or, or what else could be? something that takes over that you wouldn't expect in this game. We know Corderell Patterson's a danger uh, running the football, and you mentioned Algier. Could that guy be someone like a dark horse candidate for to, uh, for Atlanta in this game? Yeah, I think, he, I think any of these three running backs could, could kind of take over. Uh, we've seen spurts. I think it was – I can't remember if it was the Cleveland or the San Francisco game, but a guy named Caleb Huntley who was on our practice squad, he came in, and, and I believe it was the Cleveland game – and you just decided you were going to run the ball. Arthur was just decided he was going to run the ball down their throat. And Caleb Huntley had a drive where he touched the ball maybe six or seven times and had like 60 yards on the drive and just really, really took over the game. So any three of those guys could do it. But I will say this. I'm interested to see Drake London. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen the – and I know Marshawn Lattimore is, is banged up. I'm, 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 I assume he'll try to go if he can. But I'm interested, last week, Drake had probably his best game. He didn't score a touchdown or against Pittsburgh, but he had six for 95, and he had other chances, but Marcus couldn't connect with him. So I'm interested to see the connection between him and him and Desmond. And, look, I don't think that Desmond's going to throw it 40 times a game. That's not this team's no. formula, and it's not playing to their strength. But Drake London is a guy who's kind of progressed. I think, I think the guy can really play. And maybe if Desmond can be accurate enough with some of the – some of the the deep balls with him, it I I would like to see if Drake could do something. And and you guys said I couldn't mention CP, but I'm always interested to see if we could get CP like we did last year. Of course, we had Matt throwing the ball to him there last year, but you know it's some kind of deep deep passing route with a go route or some kind of post. I'd love to see CP locked up one on one with somebody because those two those guys are are guys that I really believe in. It's amazing after, I think, what, seven, eight years in the league and all of a sudden Patterson gets unlocked in Atlanta. Well, and that's funny because when Arthur got hired, I told people, everybody said, well, he doesn't have Derrick Henry. He's nothing without a Derrick Henry. And I said, well, if you remember, Derrick Henry wasn't Derrick Henry until Arthur Smith took over as the OC. Matt LaFleur was up there and he had him sharing carries. And the one thing right. I've always thought that Arthur is, is a genius at is putting the ball in, in the guy he thinks the biggest playmaker's hands and letting him do his thing. To me, that's what he did with CP. He, 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 he found a way to get the most out of him, and he still is. 
And that's that's why I like the hire of Arthur Smith right off the bat. And I think that's what's happening. You're seeing that happen with with Patterson. Now, he's he wore down last year, got hurt this year, so he missed about four games. So he didn't have a chance to wear down. So now's the time where let's load up with CP because the the final quarter of the season's here. All right. So one one more quick question, and I'm only asking because I've been trying to figure it out for like ten minutes, and I haven't been able to figure it out. Is Caleb Huntley related to Tyler Huntley? Uh, no. In fact, okay. Caleb Hunt, not to my knowledge, Caleb Huntley is actually from the Atlanta area, and then he ended up leaving and went. He went to Ball State, Ball but State. no, not to yep. my knowledge, he is. They are yeah. not related. You, you official. Put it on his Wikipedia page. Not related. It's actually, it's funny because. <laughs> Oh, we had the same conversation about Derek Gore, who's on the Saints right now, is not related to Frank Gore. And we, I was like, is this a thing? And as so I Googled it, and the Google result that came up was Derek Gore is not related to Frank Gore in any way. Like, that's literally the sentence that it said. And I thought, well, well, Derek Gore could have, time. as much as Frank Gore played, he probably could have been his kid. So, I mean, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Frank Gore played, I feel like, 30 years. Yeah. He is the infinity stone of the NFL. Mark Ingram was that way, but he he his knee blew up. So, unfortunately, you will not be seeing him this week. But, all right, Bo Morgan, very much appreciate your time. Check out his podcast, Go Behind Enemy Lines. And Peachtree Football is also the executive producer for Falcons Radio Network. This has been Inside Black and Gold. Thanks so much for your time, Bo. No, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Had fun. See you in the Dome Sunday, man. I'll be there. Can't wait. You guys can bring me some good food. All right. Yeah. Not the dome food, though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we'll sneak it in. All right. Man. <laughs> All right well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on this episode of Inside Black and Gold, getting you ready for week 15, the four and nine Saints with a grudge match against the five and eight Falcons. You can throw the records out when these two teams meet up because you're going to have to to have any fun watching this game. But no, I think that was a, a really good insight. Steve, any 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 parting thoughts before we get out of here? We're not doing anything until our pregame show on Sunday next. So. We got we got to we got to mention at least for a short clip the Atlanta Falcons slayer Taysom Hill. He usually has monster games against the Falcons. Yeah, he should start at quarterback. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I would like heavy heavy rotation, please. Yeah. Him and Alvin, please use use your weapons that have that juice. It will be really disappointing if the Saints lose this game. I don't know why. Like it won't change anything, but it, it will does. be a it will it be does. a bummer. If you can't beat the a team starting a rookie quarterback, no, because you're, you're having a crap season, and then we're going to lose one of the last two home games, and you're going to lo- lose to Atlanta. Right. No, that's always a slap in the face. Everyone always talking shit about the Falcons, but I really feel like there hasn't been that that angst, that that, that real hatred right now because people are like, "Ah, we suck. So what? We're playing the Falcons." There hasn't yeah. been. There's no memes I've I've seen flying around about the Falcons at, at all this year because it's it's hard to make fun of them right now when at least they've got a quarterback of the future to to try and mold. Well, and so that's I, I meant to bring it up when Bo was here, but that's something I'm actually concerned about. You talk about how cheap the tickets are. If you're sitting in Atlanta and you're like, oh, maybe you know Desmond Ritter, what if he's the quarterback of the future? I want to be at his first career game. I am slightly concerned that there's going to be a lot of Falcons fans at this game. That'll be interesting because you don't really think of. Falcons fans traveling. No, but like you could be sitting there today on Thursday when we're recording this and saying, I can get a round trip flight for a hundred dollars. I can get a ticket for $30. Like what are you doing this weekend? Want to fly down to new Orleans for a day? Like that's not crazy to me. 
No, I mean, if I if I had the the means and I was, you know, obviously a well, fan. That's the thing. You don't need the means. It's two hundred dollars. I mean, two hundred bucks good, is that's still, a nice that, dinner. That, that 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 that's a that's a shot at the grocery store. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I went to Rouse's the other day and spent that much. Uh, so I mean, I think it wouldn't Easily. surprise me at all if you see a shitload of Falcons fans at this game. No, that would, I be, still, that would that would make it even more depressing. I can't imagine seeing black and red out there in the Superdome. That would, I'll take a picture for sure. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, what's happened to the Superdome? All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. Sorry if there's been any confusing breaks in this recording because we've been having some technical internet difficulties, which, you know, Cox Cable, terrible, don't sponsor us. <laughs> that's going to be it. So, uh, Steve, say goodbye. Adios, who that's? I, I, don't speak, I don't speak Spanish. All right, peace, y'all.